Here we are live at the Line Hotel for the Independent Lodging Congress. My name is Christopher Plant, and I'm here with Ken Fine of The Fine Company. How are you, Ken? I'm doing really well. So, Ken, tell me uh, a little bit about your, your company. Um, it sounds like you do a lot of very exciting work in the hospitality sector. Oh, yeah. I'm grateful to have uh, evolved into an organization of, you know, we have a really passionate group of people who help concept, brand, develop hospitality environments and um, how those experiences affect people. People call it branding, but I noticed branding has a very blurry term. Yeah, I mean, I think that people talk a lot about brand. I mean, in the last 10 years, the idea of a personal brand and a brand brand and all these different things have become part of the common vernacular of how people refer to themselves and, and the products that they use. Give me a, a sort of like miniature case study of yeah, like sure. one of your most favorite recent clients and, and what kind of services you provided. Sure. Now, one of the unfortunate things about what we do is I'm, I, I can't really speak to specifics, okay. right? I, I you know, accept. But, but, I, uh, I accept. Um, but what we talk about is there's a lowercase b in brand and then there's an uppercase b in brand. And, and the way I break it down is what we're really doing is creating consistent experience. Like we're moving from an information economy into an experience economy, right? And so it's no longer about getting data. It's about convincing people to spend time. That time is the currency that we're all after right now as an organization, because once you're able to capture that time, then they get to know you better, they build a secure attachment to you, and they invest in you. They will share in order to have those experiences. So brand really is a culmination of the opportunity to have an experience. And now that touches tangible and intangible and emotional areas of every you know, individual experience, right? So all of those areas are the things that we focus on, bringing all together and making sure that they're all aiming at the same compass heading. Yeah. So an example of a project right now, I'll use one in Europe, there is a five-star hospitality provider in Europe out of Malta, and we are helping them create a more accessible tiered product. So we're taking the very best of what they are extremely good at and creating a new brand tier that is going to be more affordable, but have the essence and the character of the original original brand. brand, And that touches everything right yeah. what their environments what the circulation is what how the you know the voice the messaging the look and feel without all. watering down the alcohol you know like because you have you have a shot of something <laughs> and you're like you want to thin it out so you can make it more accessible but you want to do that without sort of causing a differentiation in what they're doing and somehow figure out how to scale the the new thing that you're doing that is more accessible which aka is cheaper you yeah. know without cheapening the service and what you're ultimately giving them. Absolutely, absolutely. No watered down, all you can yeah. drink margarita pitchers. Yeah. That is not what we're after. Yeah. It's complex because it forces us, our whole team spends a tremendous amount of time in the operator's mindset because ideas are really, really easy. Yeah. But then making a consistent activation of an idea that can be consistent by operators and then actually resonates with your audience and then actually turns a marginal profit. Yeah. That is extremely complex and well, underestimated quite a bit. And I what find. you're talking about is ultimately the the code word for that would be execution. Absolutely. Right? We're right here in Los Angeles where if an idea was the actual point of value, everybody would be a movie star and have their own media companies and a blockbuster film. That's but exactly like right. your waiter who has a great idea you know, is still a waiter, you know, and, and that may be because of circumstances beyond their control, but still 
ultimately what you're talking about is the execution strategy for achieving the end result. Absolutely. And you know, you astutely recognize the fact that you can create the best experience ever, the best idea ever. But how do you get people into it? How do you get them to self-select into those experiences? And in order to do that, you must have thought through the entirety of the guest's journey, mm -hmm. through all of the phases of never having heard, getting a notion of what this experience might be, then ha gaining some interest so that they're willing to investigate in an education about what it is, then selecting it, then you have the proving out your promises part of it. So yeah. it's extremely complex when you break it down into a more systematized methodology that you can then apply. And sometimes it can feel overly complex, but we work with larger organizations that are doing this across nations and countries. Yeah. And if you do not think about it at that level, you know, independent operators who are, up, that's a passion project, they're in the room all the time. Right? And that's why you see so many original places that do something exquisite. And then maybe they do two of them and they're both exquisite. And then you get three, but you see what happens after yeah. they do that, then things get bland get, and goes off the rails, goes off the rails you know. because of those systems yeah. that are so important. Right. And I mean, I think that that's very interesting. I think about it as like you're serving larger clients that are a fast train that can't stop at every stop. So you need to create scalable solutions for that that somehow are able to mimic the, the smaller solutions that you're talking about on these independent operators. For somebody who's, you know, if you're standing in the room all the time, then you're gonna know what's happening in that room. But as you grow and there's more and more rooms, you can't be anywhere. That's exactly you know? right. And so how do you build your systems to accommodate for that scalability? Great question. We tend to focus on methodologies and stay out of systems because I've found that these days operators don't have enough time to get into SOPs. Like right. everyone's got that spreadsheet with 728 lines that yeah. are read once a year when they have to renew Check. them. Check. Exactly. Check. Exactly. And so, and so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what we do is we take as much effort on the internal documentation as we do on external marketing. Yeah. We do internal marketing with the training materials. And yeah. so we create fun, gamified ways of training, checking in with people, guiding them on the whole essence of these experiences so that they it's fresh and it's interesting to them and they're having a blast seeing the results. That's the other thing that a lot of people forget to do is measure. Yeah, It's bizarre, but it's true that you yeah. spend all this effort creating these experiences or something that's unique that you're hoping uh, resonates with the audience to become a distinction for your brand. And they're often left to intuitive measurement only. Now, I trust intuitive measurement a lot. Yeah. But when you get to you scale. You know it when you feel it. Exactly. But mm -hmm. just like having the person with the idea in the room, they can see when something's going wrong. But if you're not in the room or you're not measuring, you end up with a little bit of trouble. Well, and, it's, and, and you're actually losing intelligence, right? Because like if you don't sort of measure the systems, then you're going to forget, right? Absolutely. Old information is pushed out by new information. Yep. And, um, and that's why in my own work, I always try to make room for the, the measure and trying to capture the process because no two things are exactly the same, but there's a lot of similarity, especially when there is a, a kind of iterative process through all the things that we do. And so yeah. what was important for you, your first time at the Indie Congress? Yeah. And how did you find out about it? 
was recommended by one of my colleagues, and then I spoke with uh, Jen Barnwell at uh, Curator Collection about yeah. it, and and she advocated for my attendance. Yeah, um, and so you were pretty excited. You you've enjoyed yourself. I have. I've. Uh, you know what? It is unlike other gatherings that I've been to, and yeah. I, I'm enjoying the difference. It's more human connection, relational. Yeah, I mean, even the table that we were just sitting at with Yasmin Mustafa, where we were talking about what do you do for employee wellness. Yeah. The idea about how you talk about these things really does matter. And so you have a company, you say you have about 65 employees. Yeah. And you said that some of them you've had for over 20 years. You, you also said that culture is a tricky thing to define. But what is it about what you do and how you do it that has allowed you to keep these people and create this, whether we call it family or community, or right. that sense of belonging that Yasmin right. had, had brought up? What is it that you do in your company? What I find is that there are trends that ebb and flow, and it really is about listening not only to the social pressures that we're all within, but also what your little microcosm of an, of an organization is influence and you can do the very best you can with the most pure heart and things can still go wrong right right and but it really is about constant diligence in listening and responding to the real things that you're hearing need to be responding for and providing a foundation i've also found that having multiple mentors for each individual helps a lot because you know typical corporate structures you have a manager and you have a direct and that's where you're supposed to go with any complaint or any need or things like that. Yeah, and anything outside of that is viewed with suspicion. Exactly. And so what I found is that people don't always connect in that way with that one person who is arbitrarily selected for that role. And we try to really nurture an all-voices count environment mm -hmm. so that you can elevate things and open conversations anywhere within the organization and they're listened to. Leadership is extremely accessible. Yeah. You know, and I don't even like the word leadership because the reality is I believe in servant leadership. And the more I can hear, the more I want to help because that's really my role it ultimately is providing a nurturing foundation for people to thrive. That's awesome. And so, I mean, your company is not like giant scale, but it, it's a big company. You're doing lots of projects. How do you keep your own personal focus in the universe of opportunities? Wow, that's a great question and one I struggle with on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, I mean, because there's so many channels, right? There's so much information coming in. Yeah. And if you're tuned in and you're focused on cool shit, how do you pick your targets? Yeah, you know, I, I've gone through the whole ecosystem of productivity programming that you can go through, time blocking, and like all these things, right? What I can say that has been the most fruitful for me personally yeah. is I have a morning routine where I wake up early, I sit quietly and contemplate, for several, until I'm actually awake and alert. I spend a minimum of 30 minutes in movement. I do a lot of yoga or I'll do a, you know long walks in, the, in I, I have trail system outside my house and, I, and things like that. Portland, and, Portland Oregon, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I spend time journaling. And the key issues when in the morning is, first of all, three items of gratitude mm -hmm. and not let myself off the hook with generalizations, yeah. like really, really getting specific about them. Then writing a vision for that day. Yeah. What am I manifesting that day? I'm sounding really woohoo right now. No, but, but, I, but I like <laughs> it. I mean, it, it, it does sound woohoo, but it is also yeah. very process oriented. It that's is. something that you're, you mentioned before. And 
there are a lot of people who feel like the best form of creativity is when you're freed from the traditional decision-making processes that can clog you up. Yeah, and so after that vision, and then I, I embrace the magic of threes. Part of it's because I have a shitty memory, but the other part is that I believe you can only do so many things. And so you start with three pieces of gratitude, specifics, you, you craft a vision for the day, and then it's what are the three priorities for today? Mm -hmm. The rest, I've found, you know, you can answer an existential question in the morning, all that other stuff you can go through. Those three things are the most important for me. And the other thing is get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Which is such a funny part of the evolution of, of all of these productivity measures that, that, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of the same things that you talked about. Yeah. And there was, um, you know, a point of pride in being like one of the most durable people in the room for a long yeah. time. I know that I was subject to it. And it, it makes sense that like if you want your phone to work really well, you want it to be very well charged. And so I think that's interesting. And so yeah. what is the, the, the most exciting thing that you're looking forward to in, in the coming months as you uh, are continuing to consistently evolve your business? And this could be personal or, or business oriented or some combination thereof. I'll say two things. One is we're currently experimenting with moving into smaller teams within the organization that allow for a more nimble, self-guided, self-manifestation. Is it the one pizza rule? Ah, that's interesting. It's kind of like... Have you heard about that one? Yeah, but one of them, there's a couple groups that <laughs> there'd be battles. There'd be two, arm wrestling two, over... Two, two pizzas? We might need, depends on the size of that pizza, <laughs> right? Um, just some of the things that we do, like we do all the way through full stack development. And so yeah. some of the teams can be, you know, there's yeah, a lot of complexity big. and pretty yeah. big. But you kind of onboard and offboard people throughout a process of a project. So I'm really excited to see how this organically develops yeah. because you never know you let it out in the ecosystem and yeah i just will watch right which, well but, and it's kind yeah. of like what happened with the um the pandemic you know like a lot of people went home to do the work and then they didn't want to come back you know and so and we're dealing with that we're like we we are right now there's no requirement to be in office we are a people first organization so what is right for you is right for us right as long as you can accomplish the criteria of your role, right? Yeah. That's the caveat, because at some point, we are a very simple engine. We need fuel, <laughs> we gotta be productive, yeah. and there needs to be a little something left over at the end, right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I'm really excited about is, uh, that's more on a personal side, is I've found projects that so align with my values that I'm really pushing, and I'm older than you, so I'm at a point where I'm very interested in converging my vocation and my avocation yeah. and doing more of the things that I think are meaningful and have a much greater purpose and do good for the common good of the world. And so I'm, I have some really exciting projects that I'm working on that I believe in their manifestation will begin healing things that are currently broken. Yeah. And we both do have some gray on our face and gray on our head. And so I, I get this, this, this idea of legacy and looking for meaning in the work that you do. And, and we are, uh, I recently read something and, and heard something about how we're definitely, you and I, we're both in the, the second half of the game. And so um, you can't use necessarily the strategies that you had in your, the assertive strategies and the aggressive strategies of your first half. And you got to really think about what your resources are, how you're going to use them and why. Absolutely. That's, you know. that's canon right there. There you go. This is Ken Fine from Fine at the Indie Lodging Conference in LA. 